This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because your skin is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, with your host, John Rush. All right, welcome. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. We do have Dr. Kelly Victory with us and Steve House as well. Dr. Kelly, I'll start with you. Welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks very much, John. It just, uh, it's a little distressing as we see the body count drop, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that today, but uh, always happy to be with you and Steve. Steve, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us as well. And we did all of our Happy New Year's last week. But, yeah, Dr. Kelly was right a moment ago. And, and, you know, the three of us just continue to send things back and forth. And quite honestly, Steve, if we kept sending things back and forth every time we heard of somebody else dying, we'd never stop texting. I know. You know, I, I thought you were going to ask me how I am. I was going to say angry, edgy, ready to be civilly disobedient because this week has been the worst week of COVID so far, in my opinion. It has been, yeah. I don't know that I can. I, I don't know that I can disagree with that, Steve. In fact, I've interviewed several people this week. Even some, I, I interviewed a guy yesterday that you would really have enjoyed. He's a data guy from Wall Street that basically wrote a book about how badly we handled everything, everything, everything through COVID. Not just medically speaking, but but you know, lockdowns on and on we go. I mean, he, he basically is a guy that looked at the data alone and is still looking at the data, agrees with everything we say on a weekly basis. He is not a doctor, by the way. Steve, he's more like you and I. He just looked at the data all the way through and then wrote a book about it on how badly we performed at everything we did and are still doing it. Oh, I know. I mean, you know, one of the worst things, even though this is not the most significant thing, was listening to Peter McCullough last night on you know, Fox News talking about you know, the, the quantity of people, especially young men who are getting myocarditis, the heart stuff, seeing the study about 17% of them all exhibit cardiac symptoms after their second shot, which is a catastrophically high number. And then hearing Tony Fauci this week say, well, it's really minor. It's like it's not, it's not really that significant of a problem. Hardly anyone is being affected by it, even though there's some minor cases of myocarditis. I'm like, who are these people? They're in complete. They're in complete denial. Dr. Kelly, literally, no. Somebody asked me yesterday, not off, not on air, but off air. What do I think of the medical community? I said, well, uh, to actually uh, uh, coincide with uh, with what Dr. Kelly Victory says, I'm very skeptical and disappointed at the same time, and I don't know that I'll ever have full trust back, Dr. Kelly. Well, I agree with that. It's not only you know no trust in public health in general. Uh, it, serious concerns about the vaccine programs now 
but in an overall generalized distrust of healthcare and medicine. Uh, and I'm not sure we will ever regain that. With regard to what Steve was just saying about these cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, a couple of things. Number one, it's not just affecting young men, although they are certainly disproportionately affected. Lisa Marie Presley, you know, yep. 51 years old, 50, sudden cardiac arrest today. I saw that. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're dropping. It's tragic. It's happening, you know, all over the place. And to be clear, from a medical perspective, I want to dispel the myth. There is no such entity as mild myocarditis. Doesn't exi- exist. All myocarditis is serious, and the prognostic data reflect that, meaning there's a huge increase in the risk of uh, heart failure, need for heart transplant, cardiac dysfunction, exercise intolerance, and on and on going on down the road, even if you do end up just you know going briefly into the hospital and being discharged. Just because you don't have a prolonged hospital stay with myocarditis, doesn't mean it was, quote, mild. Mm. Anthony Fauci has no idea what he's talking about. The uh, life expectancy drops precipitously once you have had myocarditis because scarring of the heart muscle, by Mm. definition, is always serious. And again, folks, those of you that would like to ask us a specific question, I've got a couple of them already that have come in. Text us, 307 282 For those maybe joining us for the first time today, you can find out all about Dr. Kelly Victory, her credentials, everything that she's done in the past, the things she's been booted off of, and so on, by going to our website, RushToReason.com. And Steve, I have to chuckle when I say that, because if I didn't, we'd all be crying at just the, the lunacy that we've been through the last two-plus years. We would, and most people... If you know history looks back on this situation, you know th- there's a lot of, of crazy stuff that's happened in history. They're going to look back on this situation and say, "A, um, this has been the most gaslit, propagandized yep. circumstance we've ever been through, and that includes World War II and what happened with Hitler." I mean, this is propaganda at a high-level, constant scenario. The censorship is part of that, and the fact that we've reacted the way we did when there's absolutely no evidence that a vaccine helps someone between zero and 59. doesn't really help anybody, but people very rarely die of this. And the vaccine doesn't really stop death, but yet we still have the federal government, doctors and others pushing the vaccine. How can that be possible? Well, it's possible when you look at the, I don't know if you want to call it a leak, but you look at, well, I guess it is a Twitter leak, Scott Gottlieb, and I'll let you explain, Steve, what happened this week with Scott, who he was, what he leaked, and go coincides with what you just said a second ago. Well, I mean, an FDA-type commissioner, uh, you know, board member at Pfizer, and gets encountered by somebody else who was a commissioner in a tweet saying something that Kelly talked about in the very beginning which is natural immunity is more powerful than a vaccine-based immunity. And we, the reason I never got vaccinated was because my doctor said to me, look, I believe natural immunity from SARS-CoV-1 still exists, and it probably helps everybody who gets SARS-CoV-2 will probably have natural immunity. And Gottlieb said he wanted that tweet deleted and ultimately got his way because he said people will be wrong and they won't get the vaccine even though they've got natural immunity. And it turned out to be a nightmare for anybody who did get the vaccine. Correct. And in fact, Dr. Kelly Victory, we saw today, in fact, there was an article that Steve, you just sent, I believe, yesterday talking about the 400 
50% increase in the cost of the vaccine. Guys, this is not about, I've said this all along, we all three have, this has not been about public health, but rather uh, certain companies and individuals' wallets. That's what this is about. There's no question. It is um, largely about money, at least on the on the side of big pharma. I do believe, John, uh, and and we've talked about it, the three of us together on this show previously. I do believe it's more than it's more than just money. However, yeah, I think I there are big forces uh, at play here that have wanted number one to make. The, the term mRNA, a household term, they wanted to normalize it and mainstream it because they have a lot of other things that they would very much like to uh, use this platform for. Uh, and it's a very expedient and highly effective way um, to inject a lot of things into people and to change a lot of things. You can modify everything from fertility to uh, gender to, you know, a heck of a lot of things can be modified once you start messing with people's DNA and RNA. Um, but there's certainly money is, is the first thing that it comes down to. And a heck of a lot of people have become billionaires with a B during this pandemic, uh, despite the just unbelievably horrific effect it has had on public health in general. Steve, talk for a moment about China and where they're at. I watched an interesting talk this morning. Don't know how true it is, and this is more of predictions than anything else on where China is headed and the fact that they are not near as strong as what everybody out there thinks they are. They've got some mass problems inside of their country, everything from a lack of technology. We have hindered them in the ability to even build, you know, microchips and microchip machines, if you would. I mean, there's all sorts of things that they're way behind on, and in some cases, 10, 15 years behind. And then they've been dealing with, I think, COVID in completely the wrong way. By the way, I feel no sympathy whatsoever because it's those knuckleheads that did this to the rest of the world in the first place. And I think they, I'm going to say it right now, and I've been saying, it. I believe they timed it just right to make sure Donald Trump did not become president because he was a thorn in their side. And he and they knew that they would even be put further back behind technologically wise and these other things I'm talking about if he was president versus who is now. That's my thoughts. So you, you, you've brought up a couple of big issues. Number one, based on the most recent revelations from DARPA regarding the request to fund gain of function by Echo Health Alliance, I'm not sure China did this. I think we did this. I think we used China for the gain of function because we couldn't do it in the United States. True. But I, be, I believe, you know, coronaviruses are, are bad, have been around for a long time, but I, I think the U.S. played a bigger role in creating this virus than people are willing to admit. So that's one thing. Secondly, in China, you know, there's a current variant out there, and I talked to a couple of docs just this week who said they believe that the current variant is the most contagious form or variant of this coronavirus that anyone's seen so far, China's got 250 million cases. Um, I think they've been lying to the world for the entire time about deaths and cases. We're never going to get the true information out of them. But when you go from having a couple of million cases to 250 million, it's hard to hide that. Um, so ultimately, I, do I feel sorry for China? No. Do I feel sorry for the peasants in China? Yeah, sure. Yes. They're under communist yes. regimes. We're sort of getting in that direction ourselves. But there's a lot going on here, John. I don't know. I don't know if the Chinese will ever completely recover, but I don't think this variant is going to kill a lot of people over there either. Dr. Kelly, your thoughts on that? That's a great segment for you. Well, the reality is if, if the current variant in China is the most contagious one so far, that would be consistent with everything I've said from the beginning, which mm -hmm. is as viruses mutate, they do two things. 
Number one, they become more contagious. And number two, they become less lethal. With exceedingly rare, uh, just extraordinarily rare exception, they do those two things. So it would be consistent with normal viral mutation for it to become more and more contagious. Um, you, you are correct, Steve, for certain. You can trust nothing that comes out of China. The Chinese Communist Party will lie and say whatever they believe is politically expedient for them. They certainly have a vested interest, number one, in keeping their own population living in fear and compliant. And number two, they have a vested interest in garnering the sympathy of the rest of the planet. Uh, sort of the idea, well, we, it couldn't possibly have been our fault because look how we're suffering. You know, we're suffering the worst. So we obviously aren't the, the cause of this thing. Um, thirdly, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Steve, that the U.S. Uh, government and U.S. agencies played a critical role in the development of this thing. Uh, the trail of money is absolutely irrefutable from U.S. taxpayers uh, to the, uh, the, the lab in Wuhan that were, it was funneled through EcoHealth Alliance. Anthony Fauci directed it that way. EcoHealth Alliance was absolutely set up to try to shelter or hide the transfer of those funds because the Obama administration had put a moratorium on gain-of-function research in this country. And so Anthony Fauci said, well, in that case, we'll just funnel the funds over to China and we'll do it over there. But we were already working hand in glove with the Chinese. We were working at places like my alma mater, the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, the University of Texas in Galveston, Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, really storied academic institutions, all of which were taking and are still to this day taking money from the Chinese Communist Party to fund their scientific labs. This has got to be exposed and it's got to stop. Yep, that's a great. Go ahead, Steve, you want to follow up on that and then we'll take a break? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely see that. I mean, not only that, but, you know, the University of Pennsylvania, 12, 15 million a year from China. I mean, it's a continuous thing, and, they, and they've war-gamed this thing over and over again. I mean, DARPA, the reason why DARPA turned down Echo Health Alliance was because of the gain-of-function rule. So DARPA, which is the def a defense agency inside the United States government, said, we can't pay for this because it's against the law. And that's, it's clear what happened. That is just exactly what Kelly said. Echo Health Alliance then gets funded and goes to China to do the research. There's no doubt that that's going to become a well-known non-secret at some point, just like the value of these vaccines and just like the fact that we've seen even in the vaccines, part of the problem has been in manufacturing. Cincinnati has had an extraordinary amount of problems with vaccine um, side effects, and a lot of it comes out of, you know, batches that were produced that aren't cleanly manufactured. So beyond the mRNA piece, I believe we've had a lot of dirty vaccine stuff hit people's bodies and cause other problems at the same time. Hmm. All right, great segue. We'll be right back. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is coming up next. Whatever you need for your home to make sure that you're in top working order when it comes to your HVAC or electrical, 720-526-0231. Your furnace isn't working, and now you're worried that spending the money to repair or replace it will affect you in the long term. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air offer peace of mind financing options so that you can take care of your family without breaking the bank. Whatever situation you're in, from repairs to installation, 
They have financing available to ease your stress. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air gives you choices so you can find the financing that meets your unique individual needs. They have plans with low monthly payments and interest as low as 0%. No matter what needs to get done in your home, Absolute has a multitude of payment plans that make it affordable for you and your family. Easily schedule any service today at 720-526-0231 or visit klzradio.com slash absolute today. And be sure to mention KLZ and get a limited time $59 furnace tune-up. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, for all your mortgage needs, that's Kurt Rogers, 720-895-0500. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 3-2-1 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913, with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, 511 the second, 262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take aim. 720-895-0500. Three to one buy downs available up to 95% loan to value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV. 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298191, and rates subject to change. Solar Energy Partners, find out if your home is a good fit and how much money you potentially could save. 303-378-7537. Every month is the same. You see the balance on your power bill and you feel months worth of compounding anxiety around your cash flow, inflation, and now another electricity rate increase. Alan Davis with Solar Energy Partners has a plan to save you money and proactively ease your anxieties in the future, too. The first part of his plan is to help you lower your power bill with solar energy by about 40% over the next 30 years, usually saving you more than $1,000 in the first year alone. By choosing to work with Alan, you're making an investment that saves you money and stress for years to come. The second part of his plan to save you money is to help you get away from the big power companies that keep increasing your rates. The third part is to eventually get you into a place where you pay nothing for your electricity usage. Call Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners now to learn more about how he can save you money on your power bill. Set up a consolation appointment today, 303-378-7537, 303-378-7537, or visit klzradio.com sun. No liberal media bias here. This is Rush to Reason. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Dr. Kelly Victory with us, Steve House as well. And and really quick, guys, just jumping back to what we were talking about with China, gain of function, the money side of it, and so on. And Steve, want to get your opinion on this first. And I, by the way, I'm not disagreeing with you that the United States didn't have a lot, if not all, to do with this particular virus, the release of, and so on. But but would it be a, a would it be a stretch to say that between us and China, 
you know, let's face it, China withheld travel inside of their own country and yet let that virus go around the world. I mean, you look at all of the facts surrounding everything that's happened, and you got to believe that somebody here and there both were sort of backdoor colluding to make sure that, you know, everybody was harmed in a way that, frankly, and I think at the end of the day, you know, harmed us as a country and screwed up our election at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you can make that case. I mean, there's still some unanswered questions in my mind. I mean, if China, if China didn't play a fairly strong role, why did they order so much PPE from the world? I mean, they basically right. stocked up PPE from the world before we ever knew that there was a coronavirus. True. They had a pretty good early indication. Of course, at the same time, you offset that with, you know, before there was a patent for this virus, there was virtually a patent application for the vaccine from Moderna. So which was the cart or the horse and which was the egg? I mean, or, or the chicken or the egg? I mean, at that point in time, how do we know which came first? I think there's a lot of confusion about that. I do believe China played a significant role, obviously, by even letting it out of the lab, you know, accidentally, if it wasn't done on purpose. Even if it was done accidentally, it did a crappy job, yep. and it cost the world trillions of dollars yep. and millions, tens of millions of lives still counting. Dr. Kelly, your thoughts? Well, again, there's no question China played a huge role, and they played an ongoing role because of their refusal to cooperate when we were asking for things. Once the uh, the virus was out, uh, again, we, we don't know if it was out of malfeasance or incompetence, but once we knew it was out, they refused to turn over samples, including blood samples. They refused to let us talk to the scientists involved. They refused, you know, they've continued to obfuscate and to be absolutely uncooperative in providing what we needed mm. in terms of samples. You know, scientists, True. you know, have been disappeared. Uh, and so it, regardless of how it happened or why it happened, their refusal to cooperate in what has turned into a global pandemic of epic proportions, you know, that tells you everything you need to know right there. If they weren't involved in it, why have they been so unwilling to cooperate uh, with scientists around the world to help us get to the bottom of this? No, that makes total sense. And uh, yeah, well said. I can't, I can't add anything to that. Well said. A um, couple of articles that we sent around to one another that I wanted to get into. One of them is a rare COVID-19 vaccine complication linked to circulating spike protein in blood. Dr. Kelly, that's really more of a validation of what you've been talking about now for more than, not even months, years now. Yes, and we, we know, you know, fundamentally, John, that the spike protein itself is toxic. The spike protein itself is largely what causes problems. So you can have many of these complications from the virus itself because there's a spike protein. But the issue when you get the virus itself, you clear it within a matter of days. And you, with it, you clear those spike proteins. Mm -hmm. The problem with the vaccines is that you are giving your body the roadmap, the directions to make the spike proteins. And there is no off switch to that. So within a matter of hours, the mRNA makes it to essentially every major organ system, and cells all over the body are therefore producing this spike protein, and there's no off switch. And the vaccine man manufacturers themselves acknowledge that they don't know how much spike protein you will produce or for how long. They have no idea if it will be months, years, or for forever. And therefore, I think at this point, 
in this vaccine debacle, and that is what it is, we have got to have all hands on deck. Every scientist, every physician, every pharmaceutical company needs to put all of its resources into figuring out how to turn the damn thing off. Okay? Mm -hmm. People ask me every day and on this show, is there anything I can do? You know, I've been vaccinated. What can I do? And I tell people, you can't unvaccinate yourself. There's no way to remove through a blood transfusion or a filter to get the spike proteins out of your body. What we can do, however, is start, as I said, putting an absolute worldwide effort into figure out people. You created this stuff. Figure out how to turn it off. I don't know if it's a monoclonal antibody. I don't know if it's a different kind of mRNA. I don't know what it is. That's way above my pay grade. But the people who developed this junk should be obligated at this point to figure out how to turn it off. There's got to be an unplug. Steve, your thoughts, and have you heard of anything or any, I'm sure you haven't because I haven't either, of anybody out there working on a way to uh, basically turn this off, as Dr. Kelly would say? Well, I mean, I do think that there's probably people who are trying to do that because think about the money-making opportunity of unvaccinating Mm. hundreds of millions of people or billions of people. You know, there's another big pharma opportunity there. I haven't heard any any real stories about it, but I can say that it's amazing what really happens, John. I mean, there's so much data out there about what's happening. Did you guys happen to see the British Medical Journal study that showed that, you know, that between 31,000 and 207 young adults and 42,836, you have to vaccinate those adults under 30 years of age. They must be jabbed to prevent one single hospitalization. So you're talking about up to 42,000 kids to prevent one hospitalization, but 18 or almost 19 of them are going to have a catastrophic side effect. So how do you have that published by a reasonable journal and you still have commercials, state governments, federal governments, and doctors saying, you know, up to six months, six months of age and higher, you should get them vaccinated. Really? Yeah, great point. You know, it, it, no, it's unconscionable. And I've said this from the beginning. The, the risk-benefit calculation has never fallen on the side of vaccinating. It just hasn't. When you do the risk-benefit calculation, you cannot come to the conclusion, as you just pointed out, uh, Steve, that it would make any sense whatsoever. It's not even a close call. They, it's not even in the same zip code. It, they, there's absolutely no justification scientifically and no rationale uh, for moving forward or for making the statement that these vaccines, these shots, are safe and effective. Effective at what, I would say? First of all, we know it's not effective at stopping you from getting COVID. We know it's not effective at keeping you from spreading COVID. And there isn't a single study that validates the claim, the only remaining claim, which that it will decrease your risk of hospitalization and death. So they aren't effective. And with regard to safety, my gosh, how much more data do you need uh, and again, published in reputable journals, how much more data do you need if your lion eyes aren't enough for you? We have people dropping from sudden cardiac arrest left, right, and center now. We have people dying suddenly, dying unexpectedly, and having all sorts of serious adverse events. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is time to stop this and, as I said, redeploy 
all of our energies, all of our resources into trying to find a way to undo this. So to back up something I so, just so, responded. Go, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. So, so, Kelly, you bring up a point that I wanted to ask you about, which is we now know that instead of 29 people a month dying that are athletes of cardiac arrest, there's 279 people a month. But isn't it true that if you have myocarditis or pericarditis, that there's certain times in the day, a.k.a. 5 to 6 in the morning, certain things happen to you physiologically on a daily basis that would lead to greater death? Because I've heard this this week that people say, not only do we believe it's myocarditis, but the timing of the deaths, the waking up or not waking up in the morning because they died overnight and, you know, the evening and exercise-induced, those are all predictive as well, are they not? A- absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, it was 29 a year, not 29 a month. Right, prior that's right, to 29 a year, that's right. Case. It was 29 a year, uh, so, so exponential increase in sudden cardiac deaths amongst athletes compared to a 38-year average prior to these shots of only 29. And yes, you're exactly right. These, these sudden deaths correspond to exactly what we would expect from myocarditis, meaning they happen either during extreme exercise, which is what you're seeing with these athletes on the field, or they happen during other types of exertion. We're seeing a lot, for example, uh, associated with with men uh, having sex, so other exertion, or early, early in the morning when the the stress hormones begin to rise based on the, the normal circadian rhythm. So people dying in their sleep just before dawn. So, you know, it absolutely corresponds. Do we understand all of the reasons why one person gets myocarditis and somebody else doesn't, or one person has sudden death and somebody else doesn't? No. There is some evidence right now that there may be some genetic predisposition. In other words, a genetic predisposition that would otherwise, without these injections, you would never have a problem. But with the injection, it's enough to put you in that critical risk uh, category. Any way you slice it, the again, we did not have the adequate testing before the rollout of these shots. These shots were rushed to the market. They were rushed unnecessarily because we had always at our fingertips ready access to safe, effective, uh, well-tolerated medications. But they rushed these shots, and they rushed them into the arms of people whose risk from the virus itself was essentially zero, meaning primarily young, healthy people. So uh, any way you want to slice it, this was an absolutely horrific response. These shots should never have been rolled out without adequate testing. And unfortunately, there is no substitute for time in medicine. And that testing takes time. You could throw all the money in the world you want at it. There's nothing that's going to substitute. You can't get 24 months, 36 months, 48 months safety data until those time periods pass, regardless of how much money you're willing to throw at it. I had a question. I think there's one other thing that you didn't say to remember. You're right. They didn't do adequate testing. But guess what? The testing they did do predicted this happening. Oh. I mean, if you look at oh, the data oh, that's come point. out under FOIA, yeah. requests, I mean, they were predicting safety problems. They were predicting catastrophic problems because it happened during the testing they did do. Good point. You no, know, you're, you're exactly right. And now if, if anyone had any question 
why they wanted to wait 75 years to roll this information out there. Uh, it's be, because of exactly that. They knew ahead of time. When you look at their own data, Pfizer, Moderna already knew that these things were likely to happen. They didn't divulge it. And the reason I think it is so important for us to keep hammering on this is not just so that we can point our fingers at them, but because the only way there will be accountability and recourse for the millions of people who have been harmed, who've lost their livelihoods, lost their lives, have serious disability, the only way there's any recourse for those people is if we expose the fraud and corruption because then the blanket immunity right. that these guys have been have been enjoying, the blanket immunity from liability that they have because of the emergency use authorization, that will evaporate once it is exposed that they knew this information, they willfully kept it from the public, and they lied. All right, I got a question that came in. Uh, looking to have, first of all, they gave you you both kudos, uh, man and woman of the year for 2020, 2021, and 2022. <laughs> so, uh, no, thank you very much, and I, I agree with them very much. It says, I am looking to have a prostate procedure done later this year, and my doctor tells me that the antibodies produced by the vaccine are too big to pass through the filters that are used on blood being used in blood transfusions. In light of all the hypocrisy and lies we have endured the past three years and the fact that I have inherited both my grandfather's cynicism, I have issues believing my doctor on this point. Could you comment? I, I think I can answer this one, and I'm not a doctor. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you right now, what you need to worry about is the spike protein and the mRNA, uh, and there's, since there's no way to verify um, what's going through that filter. There's no way that that I think any physician could state that with any element of certainty because it's never been tested. Yeah, I'm calling BS on no this idea. guy, and I'm not even a doctor. Yeah, I, I would say show me, show me the study, show me the data. Um, so uh, th- th- what I would hope is that you are having a procedure that wouldn't require a blood transfusion of any sort, but I will tell you right now, Unless somebody can show me a study where they have uh, proven that they can filter out the mRNA and mm-hmm. the spike protein, the antibodies are the least of your worries. It's mRNA and spike proteins uh, that I have concerns about in the uh, blood supply right now. And the, uh, the, the American Red Cross and others openly admit they are not screening for that. So I do believe that the security of the blood supply is in serious risk. Agree. Agree. Steve, you want to add to that before we take a break? Now, you know what? I mean, this is part of the problem, right? There's been people this week on Twitter who've suggested that you the best strategy for your health is to stay out of the healthcare system. And I think more than ever, you know, there's so many questions about what's really happening in healthcare and about who's making the decisions and whether you're getting the truth. But I agree. I mean, it's unfortunate because when people stop trusting healthcare, yep. they themselves will die earlier. I mean, you know, the British, you probably saw this, 2,000 excess deaths in one week or one month, yeah, one mo- 2,000 excess deaths in one week, um, non-COVID-related deaths. That goes back to something else I wanted to follow up on, John. Anthony Fauci also said that he believes that myocarditis, the myocarditis we're seeing, is far more likely to be coming from COVID itself 
than the vaccine. And I wanted to get Kelly's perspective on that one. All right. You know, Kelly, hold that thought. We do need to take a break. We'll come back, answer that. I've got another question in from a listener as well. So hang tight. We will be right back. High Five Plumbing is next. Write this number down, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. You should be flushing your water heater at least once a year. Scheduling routine maintenance with High Five Plumbing now allows you to be frugal down the line. Keep your operational costs down over time by ensuring your water heater is functioning properly. When you don't regularly flush your tank, mineral buildup can mean that your water heater loses energy efficiency, increasing your gas and electric bill. A water heater flush with High Five is an easy-to-schedule service that is cost-effective in the future. With consistent maintenance, you can even extend the life of your equipment and stave off future plumbing emergencies. High Five Plumbing can save you money down the road with simple maintenance that you can schedule right now. Get on the books today by calling 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or by filling out a contact form at klzradio.com slash plumbing. Make sure to mention KLZ for a free in-home water quality test and a wave service fee for KLZ listeners only. All right, Golden Eagle Financial is next. Al Smith, he's got a seminar today, by the way, which you've probably already missed, or one coming up on the 24th at Columbine Library, 303-744-1128. Your kids need to start planning for retirement. Golden Eagle Financial and Al Smith can help them get started on their retirement plans now. A small amount of time and money today can make a huge difference for their financial future. Beginning at 20 versus 40 is not a linear difference. It's exponential. With compound interest, that investment will grow exponentially so your children can accumulate more money for a successful retirement. Introducing your children to retirement planning early allows you to set them up for a financially successful future and enables them to handle a financial emergency without relying on your help. Getting them started with a solid retirement plan through Golden Eagle Financial today will not only save both of you money, but can also create wealth for them down the road. Call Al Smith at Golden Eagle Financial now. 303-744-1128. 303-744-1128. Or visit klzradio.com slash money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors and SEC Registered Advisor. Folks, we talk a lot about COVID and the vaccine and deaths and so on. One of the things we want to do, though, is save babies' lives. We do that by donating to Save the Storks. Do that now. Go to SaveTheStorks.com. As we close out the year, we celebrate the victory of Roe being overturned. We praise God for the Supreme Court's decision to protect life and recognize that abortion is not a constitutional right. But what may be shocking to many Christians and conservatives is that we are in a fight to save the lives of preborn babies like never before in history. I'm Diane Ferraro, CEO at Save the Storks, the pro-life ministry that is making a difference with love and compassion. Our mobile medical units called Stork Buses have saved over 11,000 preborn babies. But our impactful programs also focus on the women and men who face unplanned pregnancies every day. Our mission focuses on the preborn, of course, but we also ensure that moms and dads are empowered to choose life for their babies and not just survive, but thrive as parents. Visit SaveTheStorks.org right now and sign up to support our ministry with a gift of $35 a month or make a year-end tax-deductible donation. Your gift will make a difference. Go to SaveTheStorks.org today and make a gift of any amount. Thank you and God bless you. Not only do you own your own business, but you also manage it, work for it, and run it. It makes sense that you're tired of your business running you. 
Change that with coaching from small business coach John Rush. When you're in that situation, you can't afford to just stop what you're currently doing. You need outside help. Otherwise, you're just putting another job on yourself. John's years of experience as the owner of a small business himself allows him to help you set realistic and attainable goals that change the way you approach your work. When you commit to working with John, he can help you make your business more profitable in six months or less. Email John Rush right now to get your operation running for you again. Set up a free 30-minute consultation at john at rushtoreason.com. That's john at rushtoreason.com. Or fill out the contact form at klzradio.com slash john. This is Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush. We left off, Dr. Kelly, where Steve asked the question or made the comment, I should say, about Dr. Fauci talking about how he feels the cases of myocarditis are coming from COVID itself and not from the vaccine. What what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that this is patently absurd and not borne out in the literature. We have now dozens of studies uh, John, including a huge one out of Israel with hundreds of thousands of people in it, by the way, showing no increased incidence of myocarditis in people following COVID if they weren't vaccinated. That's simply the, the, the reality. That's what the data are showing us. People can say, can COVID cause myocarditis? Absolutely. Is there significant incidence of it? No. And they are, there's no increased incidence of myocarditis following the viral infection in dozens now of studies. So although it's possible because of that spike protein, it simply isn't something that we are seeing. Uh, And so people keep falling back on that. And what I will say is we now know that the stains exist. We have this ability to differentiate between spike proteins in the heart muscle, spike proteins that are the result of the virus, versus spike proteins that are the result of the vaccine. We have those stains available. And when there are autopsies done on people who have sudden cardiac death, and you do the stains, it is very clear that the spike proteins that are found in the heart muscle are not spike proteins that came from a viral infection. They are ones that were created as a result, as a response, to the vaccine. They have a different coating on the outside and we can differentiate. But unless the correct autopsy studies and the the correct uh, tissue samples are done and the correct staining is done, you won't be able to prove that point. Dr. Ryan Cole, pathologist from Idaho, has been very, very clear in this. Uh, He's done dozens of autopsies now and can clearly differentiate between those two different spike proteins. Well, and really quick, there's, a, there's another. Go ahead, Steve. John, John, and Kelly. There's another factor. Kelly's exactly right, but here's the other factor. The reason why mRNA technology was not used prior to now was often, if not almost always, the side effect it produced was myocarditis. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen this from right. mRNA technology. Correct. So, I mean, you know, the legitimacy for Anthony Fauci to say that. I mean, he's going to argue this point. He's going to say, you know what? Everyone that we know of who's gotten myocarditis as a vaccinated patient, also had COVID. So we don't know whether it's the vaccine or COVID because they had both. However, we know the history of mRNA, and we know what you're talking about from the stains. We know what you can differentiate, you know, on a blood test between the two. But that's not okay. And for him, 
Um, he's just going to continue to claim we don't know causation because those patients had both. Although plenty of them got we, vaccinated, did not have and, COVID, and then died in a, in a week. And really quick, let's let's not let's add into this as well. Given you know the way we all watch data through COVID, if COVID were the you know were the key to myocarditis, would we not have seen many more cases of it prior to the vaccine being released? Let's face it, before really yeah. a lot of inoculation, there was a full almost 18 months before people really started getting inoculated with, with the jab, if you would. And then is when we started to see these cases pop up now, pretty much now on a daily basis. Why did we not see that prior to the vaccine, Dr. Kelly? Well, no, well you're exactly right. So they want you to believe that these are people who had myocarditis um, a year ago, had no signs or symptoms of it, and are ch- now just dropping dead. I don't uh, buy that. Coincidentally, oh yeah, I, I don't either. But you know, the, and the reason that they're trying, I believe, and I've said this before, I think they are reason they are trying to get everyone vaccinated is as much as anything else to eliminate yeah. the control group. That's right. Right now, yeah. there are a group of us. Uh, you're talking to one of them who who had COVID but is not vaccinated, so I am part of the dwindling control group. Right. Uh, what they need to do is say, let's find a bunch of people like me, whoever's left, I think it's only about 17 18% of the population in the United States that has had zero COVID shots, but did have COVID. And I guarantee you're not going to find an increased incidence in myocarditis in that, that control group. They, If they are successful in whittling away at that control group by convincing people to go ahead and get vaccinated or boosted or anything else at this point, then it makes it harder and harder to prove what the three of us are talking about, which is that these adverse events are happening as a result solely from the vaccine and not from COVID itself. All right, I got a question that came in for you, and I I hope I read this correctly. There may be some grammar issues here, but I'll just read it word for word. In her knowledge, are bundle branch block being seen in patients that have had COVID but not the vaccine? And to her knowledge, is there still a high risk factor to people that are older and have had other health issues? Thanks for all that you do and, and you know, and so on and so forth. Anyways, uh, that's that's the question, Dr. Kelly. Well, again, bundle branch blocks, we have seen no increased incidence of, of cardiac issues across the board, whether it's myocarditis, bundle branch blocks, any other cardiac issues in people who simply had the virus but didn't get vaccinated. Um, It is clear, on the other hand, that all of these things are at significant increased incidence in people who were vaccinated, particularly young men, but also, again, happening in women, happening all ages. Uh, It just happens to be disproportionately found in men between the ages or or males between the ages of, say, 14 and 30, Um, but no age group and, and neither gender uh, it has been safe from this. Uh, so, it, and Steve makes a, a very, very valid point. This is not something that is specific to the COVID mRNA injections. There's a re- you know, people need to keep remembering, despite the fact that everybody and their brother throws the term mRNA around um, now, we have never, ever, ever had a safe mRNA vaccine, not because they haven't tried. We've been working on this technology for well more than a decade, they have tried and failed over and over again, generally with disastrous results where all the animals died, all the animals got myocarditis or other adverse events. mRNA has been fraught with issues and why they decided to use that technology 
for this particular vaccine. They could have they could have tried something else. They could have rolled out a far more traditional vaccine if they were in such a panic when COVID hit. But they didn't. They took something that in and of itself was still experimental and hasn't been successful. And they used that to launch this very, very expedited vaccine. Yep, I fully agree. Steve, you want to add to that? Go ahead. First, I want to go back and say I'm going to get a T-shirt that says I'm in the control group and ah. have a hypodermic on it with a Good red one. circle Good and a line through it because that'll identify me as part. I'll probably have to go tattoo just so that I can, you know, always declare that I'm go. in the control group. Um, you know, they rushed this thing to market, and I, you know, mRNA, like Kelly said, I mean, we can go back to dengue fever. We can go back to some of the other stuff that's happened in the past that's been really catastrophic about you know vaccines that weren't taste tested safely. You know, again, they tested it and they had bad results. They went ahead with it anyway, which means, in my opinion, someone should go to jail. Many of those people should be should face the death penalty for the number of people that have died as a result of this. And when you know that the technology doesn't work, you're rushing it to market. And then on top of that, not only Ryan Cole, but Ryan Cole and several other people looked at the actual vaccine and found the manufacturing process to be very poor in many situations. So these vaccines were not just bad with mRNA, but they had particulate in it, cholesterol, sugars. They had problems with these vaccines, and that's why I think some of the batches are so bad. So, A, mRNA doesn't really work, and we knew ahead of time it wasn't going to work. B, we tested it. It failed too much, and we hid that. And C, we did a lousy job of manufacturing. So if you got the vaccine and you're still doing okay, I think you were very fortunate. I know we've only got a couple of minutes left, but I also want to, I don't know, I guess maybe (laughs) Dr. Kelly and Steve, take somewhat of a victory lap. I mean, not bragging, but really every single thing that we have talked about, Steve, even you all the way back to the beginning of COVID, uh, we literally everything we've talked about, I believe because we've looked at data, we've been rational, we've looked at everything that's come in. We haven't been emotional about it. We've simply looked at the facts. No offense, guys, we haven't been wrong yet. No, I I agree. And I don't take any great joy in being right about these things. I agree, uh, John, for the obvious reasons, because it it, it portends for for some really bad, dark days down the road, because I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. I I do think there are a a couple of bright spots. Number one is that uh, just two days ago, the Pentagon issued uh, a letter rescinding the vaccine mandate for the military. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a big deal. They have said that they are no longer going to mandate it uh, and that anyone who was relieved from their duties as a result of refusing to comply uh, will now be reinstated. That's a big deal. Uh, Secondly, I think, and unfortunately, uh, the cause, there are now some high-level professional athletes who are starting to say openly, look, it's got to be these vaccines. And it's important for players to stand up and speak openly about their concerns because it's the only way you're going to get these organizations, whether it's the NFL, NBA, whoever, to actually do the necessary testing in order to investigate it and protect the health of their athletes. All right, guys, i got to leave it at that. Steve, thank you so much. As always, go ahead. One last word. One last word. I predict that we're going to get to the point where we see 60 million excess deaths Hmm. a year globally, probably somewhere close to a million in the U.S., When we get there, we'll finally get restitution against these companies Mm. for doing a poor job. I'll leave it at that. We'll talk again next week. Steve, thank you. Dr. Kelly, as always, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and have a great weekend. You too. And I do hope, by the way, that Steve is wrong. 
although I'm afraid he probably is correct. Veteran Windows and Doors, Dave's going to join us, by the way, at 3 o'clock tomorrow to give us a great explanation of what's going on in his world. In the meantime, anything you need with Windows and Doors, call him, 303-529-0720. Veteran Windows and Doors holds the standard that their products will be as efficient 30 years from now as they are brand new. They do this by offering products that exceed code, are engineered to last a lifetime, and are backed by a warranty which reflects that. The owner, Dave Bancroft, will tell you windows and doors can look the same or even identical yet have completely different energy codes. That's why when you work with veteran windows and doors, they explain what the NFRC label and Energy Star ratings actually mean. They can prove that what you're buying meets the energy code requirements for where you live, saving you more money on your heating, lighting, and cooling bills. Make an investment you can trust with their lifetime warranty on your purchase and a five-year installation guarantee. See what Dave and his team can save you with energy-efficient windows and doors by calling Veteran Windows and Doors right now at 303-529-0720. That's 303-529-0720. Or fill out the contact form at klzradio.com windows. All right, up next, it's Bruce Simmons. He is our reverse mortgage professor. He's got his own show, by the way, on Thursdays from 2.30 to 3 right here on KLZ. Call him if you've got any questions on a reverse mortgage, 303-467-7821. There is a reverse mortgage that can work for your specific situation, even with rising interest rates. Certified reverse mortgage professional Bruce Simmons will help you understand why a proprietary reverse mortgage could make sense for your unique circumstances. The advantage is that unlike a traditional reverse mortgage, those 55 and older can qualify for a proprietary loan. Using two decades of industry experience, Bruce will go through your options, explaining the benefits of doing proprietary or a traditional reverse mortgage now and what that might look like in your future. With either loan type, you may have the option to pay off your mortgage, contributing to your retirement fund, or both with the additional cash flow that a reverse mortgage can give you. Bruce Simmons will help you understand when and why reverse mortgage is the right choice for you with a free consultation at klzradio.com reverse. Schedule online now at klzradio.com reverse. NMLS 409914. American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Catherine Robin from KNR Home Transitions. Anything with real estate, they're the place to call. They'll walk you through the buying, the selling, the, you know, just transitioning. And if you want to just add a, you know, a, a home to your portfolio, they can do that as well. 720-437-8210. To attract the right buyer for your home, you need a complete understanding of your direct competition. Realtors Cat and Robin of KNR Home Transitions know exactly how to help you navigate selling your home in a changing market. By identifying exactly who your competition is, you'll actually go to see similar listings in your area so you know how to tailor your home sale and pricing to stick out to buyers. Cat and Robin identify the right strategies by actively monitoring your competition every day. Using real-time monitoring and the NMLS, they can give you updates on how things are changing in your area with expert guidance on how to keep your home ahead of the others. Choose the real estate team that puts you steps ahead of your competition and get two experts for the price of one. Set up your free consultation now at 720-437-8210. That's 720-437-8210. Or fill out the contact form at klzradio.com slash home. K&R Home Transitions, powered by Worth Clark Realty. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. 
All right, because we try to pack as much into that hour as we can, I usually delay doing the question of the day, which I will get to here in this next hour. So if you missed any of this hour, remember, you always go back on the website and listen to it there. You can send it on as well. Uh, and you can go to RushToReason.com and find it there again. RushToReason.com. Just go to the show notes section and you'll find that there. It will replay again tonight from 6 to 7. If you're listening to the replay, it's towards the end of that. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And again, you can go and listen to it one more time and then send it on to somebody if you would like. Coming up next, Michael Wilkerson, 12 predictions for 2023. We'll be back. Hour 2 is next. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.